what really gets my dick hard is What? What's up, brothers? This is the Hulkster here, and you're listening to 24-inch pythons of a show. Middle up your podcast. Welcome to Middle Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And we're at episode number 88. We're getting close to 100, everybody. Uh, and now we're going to do a continuation of last week, Metallica Videos Part 2, and now we're entering the Load Reload era. Yeah, it's exciting. This is way exciting for you, because these are your boys in their prime time. It's like sometimes you do homework because you know that that's what's best for you, and you want to you make sure you do your job well. Right. And sometimes you look forward to going to school. Yeah. I don't. Like, I, I, oh, you know, I, I get to watch all the load and reload videos today. No problem. Oh darn! Ooh, this sucks. Crap! Ah, oh, crap! God. Mr. Hetfield gave me the worst homework assignment. <laughs> I have to you watch, watch all vi- these weird videos where he rubs mud and feces and, on his on his face. And one and the, there's like uh, sparkle stuff under Kirk's eye. Oh, and, then, and, and yeah, and he's got all these like deer hordes. He's in a chair, and then there's other one. There's a kid. He puts his hand through a lady's back, and she gives him the key to himself. It's the oh. worst homework ever, especially when he's a cowboy. <laughs> we did get a pretty good response though to the video episode last week. It's right. it's fun to dive into these, and I I submit to you here early in part two of what will probably be a five or seventeen thousand part series. Seventeen thousand. That this this little batch here, these seven videos are to me the pinnacle of Metallica videos. There, the, there's some rad ones in here for sure. Um, we'll get all into that obviously later, but uh, it's tough. Like, I mean, the Black Album ones, you know, in a way there was a bit of cheating involved because they took basically live footage and made two videos. They took stu- studio footage and made a video, but these are all mm-hmm. like on their own from scratch videos and really cool treatments. Um, I will yeah. say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it. Before we do that, if you don't know who we are, we're an all-Metallica podcast. Every Monday, me and Ethan get together. Even if we're not together, we get together to talk about our favorite metal band, the mighty goddamn Metallica. Like today, I'm in a hotel room in Seattle, Washington. That's right. Ethan is, Ethan's hunkered down at HQ1. Correct. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Podcast <laughs> like a motherfucker. <laughs> Podcasting like a hurricane. That's what they call you. <laughs> hey, man. Ethan Hurricane, look. Well, here's the deal. Uh, go leave us a review on iTunes if you are a fan of the show and uh, you don't. You somehow want to say thank you, but don't know what to do. You've thought and thought about it. You just don't know what gift is right for me and Ethan. What could I do? Here's what you can do. You can go to iTunes, clickety-clack-clack-clack, leave a positive review. It goes a long way. helps out a lot. You also don't have to do that. Now, if you really like the show... You can get them online and on board at the old Patreon level. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit about that later. But we, first of all, just want to say thank you to our new patrons. Do you have the, the names in front of you? I do. Let me wake my phone up real quick. Uh, open. Wake up, phone. O- open. All right. We got two new patrons this week. One is Angel Leva. I believe, I believe that's how it's pronounced. L-E-Y-V-A. 
And our new patron is uh, Mr. John Henry Worm. Thank you guys All very right. much for your Thank patronage. You. Love it. Love it so much. We very, very much appreciate that, and uh, you're going to hear more about Patreon later, but we did want to say a sincere thank you to those two folks. Correct. Uh, We're on all the socials, Instagram Live. I've been doing some very colorful Instagram Lives since I've been out on the road this week on the West Coast. Uh, We're on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. We have a great website, metalupyourpodcast.com, where, amongst other things, you can uh, listen to all the other podcasts that me and Ethan have been on. You can really learn a lot about us over there. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit on there. Oh, speaking of podcasts, this is kind of interesting. I got hit up by a guy the other day on Instagram who does a podcast and wants to have me on it and talk about my new record and stuff. But here's the best Mm -hmm. part. He's also a magician. Oh, boy. (laughs) And he's coming to Nashville to perform at this. There's this new, like, magic-themed bar downtown called House of Cards. Wow. And he's performing there for, like, five nights. And he hit me up, and I guess he was a fan of my old bands and stuff. And so, of course, I said yes. Is he going to show you some magic tricks? I hope so. I hope he like teaches me some. I, I really, I don't know. I, I don't know. We're going to be, I told him, you know, we'll get in touch the closer it gets. Um, but yeah, got to say that's the first time I've ever been hit up uh, to, by a podcaster slash magician. Yeah. So they're a cool. burgeoning, they're a burgeoning niche community in the podcasting world. Yeah, the, man. The magician turned podcasters. Exactly. But uh, we'll I, see. We'll see how it goes. Well, that'll be fun. I'm sure everyone wants to hear about, you know, how you made your record and how you wrote it on this stuff. I think tomorrow, an episode I did with Metallicast is coming out, where Ooh. Uh, the dude over Metallicast, Brandon, is doing uh, a summer series on uh, Injustice for All to celebrate the the anniversary of the record and the ensuing box set. And so we he's, every week he's talking about a different song from the record. We talked about To Live Is To Die. Very cool. So that'll be cool. Awesome. And you, say that, you think that comes out tomorrow? I think tomorrow, yeah. Okay. Well, to, to, as of you hearing this on a Monday. So his comes out every Monday, too. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, right, that's awesome. All right, cool. We've got an email address, metalupypodcastshow at gmail.com. We like to dip in and read five of those emails on the show. We get way more than five. We get more than we could read on the show. Right. We do personally respond to each one. But today... Uh, we try to pick the ones that seem relevant or have, you know, we always prioritize patrons if we can. Today, everyone that wrote in, I just happened to choose the five, and they all are J names. Jake, John, Jeffrey, Joe, and Jason. Amazing. The five Js. Well, email us at metalupypodcastshow at gmail.com. Maybe we'll read your thing. I don't know, but let's go check these out. Let's hit the email corner. Let's do it. All right, our first email of the J5s. That should be their band. They should start a band. <laughs> yeah, totally. The J5s. <laughs> first email is from uh, uh, Jake uh, Sarche, I believe it's pronounced. Okay. Or, it's probably not Sarchet, but I think it's Sarche. Anyway, Sarche sounds cool. Hey, yeah. guys, great job on the videos. Part one, looking forward to parts two, three, four, et cetera. I was wondering if you, uh, you could share your insight into how you both became session musicians slash hired guns. Keep up the amazing work, and if you're ever down in Oz, I'll fire up the old... Uh, let me let me actually reread that last line in Ooh, the, back in, up. In back the up. correct correct accent. Keep up the amazing work, mates. And if you have a Dan and Oz, I'll fire up the bob fire up the Bobby and put some beers on ice. Actually, mate, you better put some VBs on ice. Jake <laughs> from Perth, Australia, New Jersey. Um, well, Jake, uh, man, it, it, it's a bit of a not tough question to to answer. I believe the answer could just be way too long. 
as to how me and Clint each, uh, in our own way, got into studio work slash hired gun work. Well, we were wrestling a wild dingo in the wilderness. That's right, mate. Dingo ate my ate my shoes off me body. Mike, hate when that happens. No, I hate when a dingo eats all your shoes off, mate. And we was having a barbie down by the barbecue on a bob. And uh, once the dingo ate me shorts off, I picked up the guitar. I did. Mine, I believe, uh, wasn't your Aunt Bobby there? And Bobby was there at the barbecue on the bob, put the shrimp on the bob. <laughs> and uh, since then, I've been playing guitar ever since. And I happened to cut, a, cut the bob off a stingray. <laughs> Caught him out of the ocean with my bare teeth. <laughs> bare teeth. Well, do you have like a cliff notes of how you kind of got started playing as a side guy? I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, it's just years and years of hard work and playing in bands and touring and... I didn't really a lot of the session stuff, quote unquote, that I did over the years was with whatever band I was in. Then when I moved to Nashville, I kind of got involved in some of that stuff. But it, it is a tough town to get involved in that. So it's a, it's it's kind of I don't know. I just a lot of the session work I have done is through people I know, and that's how a lot of it works here. Mm-hmm. Producers it's have like, it's their like, pools. It's like guys. any job, really. It's yeah. like any job. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot. You know, I'm oftentimes asked, you know, like because right now I'm not on tour, I'm not playing with anybody, even though I really want to be. I have friends that don't live here. They're like, well, why don't you just go do session work? I'm like, well, it's not that easy. Like, why don't you go be a lawyer real quick? You know? <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so it's just one of those things that uh, it just takes years and years of hard work and getting to know people, maintaining uh, good relationships with people, respecting them, um, not being a dick, you know? And, y- you know, you'll get better opportunities by just being a good person and being good at your craft and if you and if you do get the opportunity to come in nailing those parts, you know, and the same thing I think goes for being like a hired gun on the road too. Yeah, I mean, in Nashville, you're comp- everyone you're competing with are as good as you, if not better than you. So that's not really. I mean, you have to be good, but it really has yeah. a lot to do with a good reputation, being someone that people want to travel with or work with or spend a lot right. of time with in hotel rooms and buses and airports and you know. Well, I mean, once you get there, you better be good. But yeah, most totally. people are here. So, you know, for, yeah. for me, it was just I was hanging around musicians that were a little older than me, a lot better than me. And as their gigs grew, they were they were able to just pass stuff on to me, you know. Right, yeah. See, right now I'm hanging out with 60-year-olds, so. <laughs> there you go. If you just keep doing it, you know. Hoping I, I, can, get the, you'll I be... can get that Randy Travis gig or something. Yeah, totally. Dude, would, we just did it. We did a gig awesome. with the we did a gig with the band Alabama the other day. Nice. And those dudes, I mean, they've just written so many huge songs, like 20 number ones and all, a bunch of Grammys. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, so we were all pretty stoked to go check them out, you know? And it was so funny because these dudes are in their 60s and 70s and they don't give a shit. Oh, no. They were wearing, like, they were wearing, like, athletic pants and, like, bright neon New Balance shoes. Yeah, it's like Big very, old baggy very rig, rigs of dad. Well, they were just very like comfortable. Like they were just wearing comfortable clothes. That's what you do when you get older. Like my my father in law is that way. Like you you show up to his house and he's in a t shirt and sweatpants all day. Well, they're and they're watching us like cram these fucking tight ass jeans on, and <laughs> we're all like tightened up up there. They're like, man, these fucking young ones. Anyway. They'll, get, they'll get it one day. <laughs> Uh, Jake does have a PS here. It says, Clint, you have to make a solo album. Songs from your radio show are amazing. If you do a Kickstarter, you guarantee a donation for me. That's very nice. Uh, dude. Who knows? I would do it too. I've bugged Clint to do this, you guys. If you've gone over to his SoundCloud page SoundCloud page and heard the plethora of material he has over there, there's there's so many great songs in there and he does need to do a record. Come on. 
Well, it might happen. Who knows, man? Then we'll go on a world tour together. It's that simple. You just make a record and you go on the road. That's more advice to you, Jake. (laughs) It's really as simple as that. All right, our next email is from new patron John Worm. What up, big worm? What up, worm? That's that's his new nickname from, of course, we're stealing that from the movie Friday. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What up, big perm? I mean, big worm? (laughs) He says, what's up, guys? John John Worm here. Yes, pronounced like worm. Just became a patron. Absolutely love your show. I've always considered myself an ultimate Metallica geek, so it's awesome to hear from others like me. I'm 33 years old, been listening to Metallica almost nonstop since I was seven. He says he was first introduced when he walked into his living room while one of his older brothers was watching a VHS recorded tape of the band at the 91 MTV Awards. He says, I remember thinking, whoa, that's so cool. Later in the week, the same brother bribed me with saying if I cleaned up his room, he'd let me listen to the mixtape he had. Which the like this the mixtape only had two songs on it. it. Smells like Teen Spirit, and the song One from Injustice for All. I mean, two songs that <clears throat> if you hadn't never heard them before will blow your mind. But it's just funny, like that's just, that's it. What hey, a mixtape! Hey man, you want to hear my mixtape? Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> it's Check two it out. Songs. Get back to me in ten minutes. It says I fell in love with both bands, but Metallica definitely stuck out in my mind. <clears throat> All my friends and family thought I was going through a phase, but they were wrong. Uh, let's see. We're still oh, going through that phase. Yeah, still in it. My parents are still waiting for me to stop listening to Metallica. Yeah. Um, he says, fast forward all these years later, I'm still listening to them. Seen them five times, twice last year, once in Miami, and then at the Rose Bowl show. They're a huge part of my life, and I want to have Orion played at my funeral. So finding your podcast has been such a delight. I feel like I'm right there with you guys when I listen. Thank you so much for your awesomeness. And don't forget, if you guys are ever in the South Florida area, you have one to infinite beers waiting for you. Keep up the great work and looking forward to hearing more from you guys from West Palm Beach, Florida, New Jersey, John Worm. Ah, oh, man. Thank you. Well, I actually was in West Palm Beach a few months ago, but uh, hey, we didn't uh, electronically know you yet. Oh, man. But I would have had all the beers. What if you both wrote a Missed Connections Craigslist ad? Oh, man. That would have been could awesome. Write it, you could write it now and then for the past, and then you guys could just check Craigslist that. Dude, I read the Missed Connections uh page sometimes it's when I'm a, on the road. it's it's so entertaining it's so entertaining it's, it's entertaining and s- here's what's truly entertaining is rants and raves just go read that for a minute it's oh, insane yeah. but misconnections is it's funny and entertaining but it's also kind of weird and sad yeah to the to for the those girl- of you who don't know what misconnections Con- mis- is it's like people will go on to craigslist in whatever city they live in and it'll say something like i complimented you at the olive garden while we were waiting to get sat. And I just feel like we had a connection and I, I'm hoping you read this. If you're right. the if you if you're the person I'm talking about, write back to me and tell me what uh you know what color hat I was wearing. Right. And sometimes they'll be like almost like a bit poetic. It's like it's like as my teeth sank into the, you know Yeah, they're romantic, yeah. <laughs> to to the, 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 the garlic twist. <laughs> as, as butter ran down my lip, I couldn't help couldn't help notice, you know. <laughs> I knew when we made eye contact while I was sharing a twenty four foot spaghetti noodle with my dog, Trotsy, right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that you were the one. The thing is, though, you can Google this. There are people who have really gotten together from this and even gotten married. Yeah, which I mean, it, it seems crazy, but I mean, nowadays where people can, you know, basically, do you, you know, Tinder, Bumble, all that stuff. It, I guess it's not that weird, but I don't know. It's just I would feel weird posting something like on misconnections, you know, like 
the way you poured my latte was just so sexy, and I just would love to meet up sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's just weird. I get sad reading them because I hate to sound like a cynical asshole, but I just always feel like no one's reading this but people like me. <laughs> like, the your big, great soulmate connection that you miss, it's over, dude. Or just go back to Olive Garden and say hello. Like, no, I'm, I'm going to go home, get on Craigslist, type something out that's real beautiful. Here's, look, look, here's She's what I'm looking it. at. Here's what I'm looking at. This is for near Nashville. Okay. Gray Ford Excursion is the, the subject. It says, to the blonde-haired girl in the Gray Ford Excursion going down James Campbell and turned into Kroger, I saw you looking over and I found you very attractive. Let me know what I was driving and what color shirt you had on. I'm sure this is a long shot, but thought I'd give it a try. A long shot doesn't even begin to fucking cover that, dude. Yeah. How about this, dude? Why don't you just <laughs> Why don't you just follow her in the Kroger parking lot and say hello? Hey, and 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 then if you go, hey, I noticed you were looking at me uh, through your you know your side window and stuff, and she'll be like, uh, no, creep, I wasn't. I was just trying to turn right. And then you're like, okay, see ya, and then you can take off. Then you don't have to have b- bother with Craigslist. Here's one called Chuck E. Cheese Dad in Murfreesboro. Ooh, this got to be good. <laughs> it says. The cutest dad in a red shirt with an adorable daughter winning lots of tickets. Had to tell you you were cute, but you've left. Like, he's going to read this fucking thing, lady. <laughs> God. What, what if what if you or I were, were sitting back just reading these things, and all of a sudden it was like, to the guy in the battle vest hanging out at the, <laughs> at the Cobra the night before the Metallica show. <laughs> to the guy who co-hosts the, metal, uh, the Metallica podcast, Metal Beer Podcast, that's not Ethan. Yeah. Let me know what your co-host's name isn't, and then we'll connect. Here, here's the last one I'll read. This is, this is the subject is Blue Chevy Cavalier Cane Ridge Park. Ooh. And I like, how this one's, I like how this one reads. You, white female and cavalier. Me, black guy walking. Not really a misconnection, but would like to know if you would be interested in meeting sometime. Oh, God. Oi. You know what? We needed to maybe... Uh, dive into this a little bit further in the future because I think we should have a misconnection segment. <laughs> but we should find like random cities like, you know, like Dixon, Tennessee, you know what I mean? Bowling Green. Or, or like, yeah, if, if any of our listeners want to send us some of the funniest ones, we'll read them like in Torben's accent or something. Something like that. We could do, we, maybe we could uh, we could find some like super like sexy music to put behind it. Hmm. I think that'd be cool. I'm sure we'll have no. I'm sure we'll have no trouble producing a segment about that. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyways, uh, let's move. Mo- let's move on. <laughs> moving on. Jeffrey Jeffrey Taylor writes, "Sup, bros. Uh, started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago. First podcast I've ever listened to, actually. Oh. Uh, anyway, I love your show. I've uh, been a Metallica fan since I first saw them in 2003 during the Summer Sanitarium tour with Deftones, who fucking killed it. Limp Bizkit, Mudvayne, and Lincoln Park." Um, I actually hold Load and Reload to a higher standard. These are two of my favorite albums of all time. Here we go, Clint. Uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. So I never really paid much attention uh, to their Beyond Magnetic EP. I'm working out right now uh, and listening to it. Hot. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I like it. Uh, sure, there are some decent riffs, but uh, it all seems like a bunch of clutter forced into four songs. Did these songs not make it to, onto the Death Magnetic? Um, uh, and then they were dumped on an EP. Would love to know your, both your opinions on this. I'm also attending the show in Nashville in January next year. Would love to buy you each a beer and a shot of bitchin' candy-flavored vodka. Noise. Uh, noise. Uh, making a long weekend out of it. Uh, also be at the Birmingham show two days before. So far, I've seen Metallica seven times. Next year, we'll make it nine. 
and hopefully more to come. Thanks for all uh, for sharing your love of Metallica with all of us. JT out. Okay. Well, um, first of all, the bat, Beyond Magnetic, we have an old episode on that. Yeah. Uh, where we talk sort of about how it's made and the the shorts the short of it is they the boys themselves claim that they weren't throwaway songs. They they claim that they just didn't fit. So Right. Like lyrically or thematically. <clears throat> that's according to what James said on the thirtieth anniversary shows where they debuted one each night. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I've I I mean I'm with I'm you too, weird, man. Sp- I I'm in a weird spot where I I, I I kind of just like almost everything they do. Now, right. you've heard us talk about St. Anger and, of course, Lulu. But we've even kind of come around to a lot of St. Anger. And, like, my least favorite, I don't even really consider St. Anger real Metallica. Just I have just have compartmentalized it away for myself, for my own spiritual healing. Sure. But even my least favorite Metallica songs, which would be, like, Metal Militia and Struggle Within, I still love those songs. Right. So, I like Beyond Magnetic. I, I like Hell and Back a lot. But I yeah, like all the songs uh, just on there. just a bullet away is great. I mean, I don't know, or maybe you know what, Jeffrey, if you haven't listened to that episode, maybe give it a spin on the old iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Maybe you'll come around. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who does this? Who who knows? I don't know. Uh, take the episode for a spin, honey. Who knows? Maybe you love it. Maybe, maybe like you it. hate it. Also, uh, JT, I would like to say, which you may have heard us talk about already, but you are already you said you what you listened to us for a few weeks now. You may not be caught up. So just so you know, we'll be planning a night before party in Nashville before the show. So we'd love to see you there. Yep. Before the Nashville show, the night before, we are having a party, a big Metallica night. Party. Um, and several, several people I've been told in our various uh, communique on the internets have told us they are traveling just to come to that. They're coming to the Metallica show, of course, but they're coming in early to go to the party. Awesome. Bring it on. So, all right, cool. Our next email is from Joe Billion, who says, Hey, guys, just found your podcast last week, and I'm hooked. Whoa. I wrote a review on iTunes to solidify my love and support. Your insight as musicians and humor really sets your show apart. Really enjoy how uh, and love how deep you guys go. I'm a drummer and singer, so things like explaining the different symbols on load on the load episode and talking about how Lars replaced his ride symbol with a china are so great to me. The nerdier, the better. Well... If you haven't heard yet, you'll probably dig our first two excursions into the old gear episodes. Yes, quite. Some nerdy. guy wrote on uh, some guy wrote on Reddit about our last episode on the videos. He wrote over two hours to talk about six Metallica videos. I know. I'm like, okay, dude. Well, you know, what? <laughs> move on. <laughs> some people want. Some people want. Some people like Joe here say the nerdier the better, the longer the better. Okay. Right, he says. As Ethan pointed out, on th- now this is this is largely for you. He, he okay. brings up a lot of good points. That's why I wanted to read this email. He says, as Ethan's pointed out on two episodes, I've heard Metallica really influenced the rest of their peers to make black album like records in the early '90s. It'd be fun for hardcore metal fans to hear you guys talk about and rank the best of those. As Ethan said, Megadeth did Count on to Extin- Extinction, which is excellent. In my view, the Anthrax record that was black album like is Sound of White Noise, not Persistence. Mm, interesting. He says, he says, for one thing, Persistence came out in, in 90 before the Black Album and is proggy and long-winded like Justice. Sound of White Noise came out in 93, and it's their first record with John Bush, who, as you've mentioned, was courted by Metallica in their early years. He says, Newstead's old band Flotsam and Jetsam was on MCA and put these bands uh, during this era on KNAC and fell in love with them. He says, it's a stretch to say Slayer or Testament put out Black Album-esque albums, though there might be a case for Testament and maybe some other ones I haven't heard. Pitting the Black Album against the other Black Album-esque albums is a fun exercise, though. It seems that by definition, the Black Album should win. 
He says, I actually give the slight edge to Anthrax's Sound of White Noise over the Black Album. For the one and two spots, with Countdown is a very <clears> close third. If you guys haven't, I'd urge you to check out, out Sound of White Noise. This is John Bush at his best, and you can really see what Metallica and Anthrax saw in him as a great singer for the genre. His voice shares qualities that Hetfield's voice has, a manly, deep tone, heaviness, warmth, and depth, very sultry. To me, he actually gave Anthrax a slight grunge feel because his voice also shares similar qualities to that of Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell, Lane Staley, and Kirk Cobain, whom I love all of. Agreed. He says, we're, and this is towards the end here, he says, where the Black Album wins in precision and overall sound production, uh, he says, I give Sound of White Noise as a whole a slight edge in songwriting. Sounds crazy, but there is a consistency, heaviness, and darkness from start to finish. As Clint would say, pound for pound, I give the slight edge to sound. In either case, Metallica should be applauded for always inadvertently pushing their peers to make better and better records because of the standards they set for themselves. Joe. That was an insightful email. Yeah, very insightful. And I, I mean, Joe, I do agree with you. Sound of White Noise is definitely Black Album-esque. I kind of think Persistence of Time and Sound of White Noise are, because Persistence of Time was kind of Anthrax's also departure from like the thrash world. Yeah, there were some super long songs and justice-ish you know in that vein but um it was you know coming off of like state euphoria among the living all that stuff it was a bit of a departure for them i felt as as with sound of white noise because you also got a brand new lead singer which clint if you haven't listened to sound of white noise that's a great anthrax record i i haven't man i i uh <clears throat> ethan and i've mentioned before that we're going to do a series on the show called uh uh clint and ethan explore the big four and i feel like that'll be a good opportunity to dive into those records. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not against it. I've just never really made a lot of time for it. I've never really heard anything from them that made me want to go check more of it out. Right, yeah. If, whether it was a music video or a friend of, friend of mine playing it or something. Sure, yeah. So I think it's time for me to take a more serious look at some of that. Now, what do you think about him saying that... that um, uh, that Which record is he saying is better than the Black Album? Uh, S- Sound of White Noise. I was saying, yeah, uh, what do you think about he that? He had a... <clears throat> said a, a, a you said a uh, what did it say slight edge a slight uh, edge songwriting um songwriting um I respectfully disagree uh, as much as I love sound of white noise and I think there's some great song like the song only which is like I think that was probably the big the biggest single off that record a, a, an amazing song John Bush kills it on that song um as a songwriter I just think that the black album is 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 better songwriting wise um. In, in a lot of different ways too, songwriting, production. They both have great production, great songwriting. But I think the Meta- I think the Black Album it just has to take the cake in that in those two categories. What What do you think about Sound of White Noise being ahead of Countdown to Extinction? Do you agree with that? <clears throat> that would be a, that's a tough one. I might have to get back to you on that one. I might have to sit down and listen to both records in a row and then make up my mind. I have spent way more time with Countdown to Extinction, so my gut would say just to put that above it. Um, but don't quote me just yet. I'll get back to you. Well, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the email, Joe, and I appreciate the thoughtful question and all the all the wonderful analysis. So much wonderful analysis. All, all right, right. one more email. <clears throat> Last and final email. I got to clear my throat. Jesus, one second. <clears throat> What's my problem? Did you clear your goddamn throat, Ethan? I cleared Ethan. it. It's gone. It's cleared. Clear the demons out, Ethan. Oh, they're gone. Be gone. Um, Last email from Jason Barker. He says, "So when I went to start my vehicle and plug in my phone, it naturally starts playing music." Uh, and it plays in alphabetical order, which means every time I plug in my phone, I would get AVH by Ozzy Osbourne. For the longest time, um, that's the first thing, page turn, uh, I would hear when I started my truck. So bloody annoying. And it's and it's really not that great of a song. Uh, and I naturally uh, started hating it. So when I listened, uh, so when I want to listen to some different Megadeth one day, 
download a few albums, and uh, you know what I mean. I'm an album guy. Phone is full of my phone is full of albums, not random songs. So what do you know? It now I hear every damn time I start my truck, a tutle mondo, which is a Metallica song. Holy hell, that sucks. <laughs> Mustaine singing French <laughs> because changing music around isn't quite at the top of my, my priority list. It just sits there playing every time I plug it in. <laughs> I would stand the, for that. I long for the days of AVH. I hate Mustaine even more now. <laughs> Love you guys. Jay out. That's like. That song is not great. I believe that's off a of risk, if, I can rem- if I'm remembering right. Um, well, isn't that what he calls his beer or something, too? That's the, that's the name of their beer, yeah, which I haven't tried it yet, because guess what? A four-pack is like $13. He can't get anything right, dude. He can't land shit. He can't even make his goddamn fucking beer affordable, dude. <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, I've seen it at my, at my local liquor store all the time, and I'm like, man, one of these days I'm just going to get a, a, a four-pack of that. And every time I grab it, I'm like, $13 for four beers? I know it's like a, a really well-brewed well beer and all that good stuff, but yeah, right. it's just tough. I'd rather buy a four pack or a, a six-pack of the Trooper for the same price. And The Trooper Iron Maiden beer is fantastic. I've had it. I've had it, it at the show. It's awesome. Um, but that's, yeah, I, I know that feeling of plugging your phone into your car. Uh, mine is this, uh, <clears throat> there's an artist named Rocky Votolato who's actually from where Clint is in Seattle. And uh, his, I can't remember what song it is. It starts with an A, of course. And that's always the first one that plays. Great song, but uh, yeah, it's it, It's an annoying feature on a lot of cars. You're telling um, me it's not Soul Glow? <clears throat> I wish it was. If it was a song was called A Soul Glow, then maybe it would be. <laughs> oh, wait, that mega song's off Euthanasia. Never mind. That was the follow-up to Countdown to Extinction. Okay. Still, well, not a great song. I wouldn't be standing for that. I wouldn't be tolerating that shit. <laughs> can't have that. Well, it's as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to have your email read, you can send us one at metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. Uh, let's get the fuck out of the email corner. I'm down. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios. All right, let's get into some musical videos, Clint. These are videos that go along with the music. They are pictures in motion. <laughs> well, I got to say, man, I think this next one we're going to... Co- so we left off, of course, we did the uh, our, the front, one of our video series was this, the video one, their first video, through all the Black Album videos, Inner Sandman, Sabatrue, Wherever Rome. I Rome, Nothing Else Matters. And so we sort of end an era, right? The Black, Al- Black Album era comes to an end. Yep. Metallica's definitely at their peak. They've put out their biggest record and done their biggest touring. And like most great artists... 
they didn't want to do a part two of it. And I like how the aesthetic of how they were evolving, um, it evolved in their videos too. So yeah, definitely. They come out of the gate with Until It Sleeps. Now, this is pro- this might be in the running for my favorite Metallica video. It's up there up for there. me. It's very up there for me. And I think it was a good choice as a leadoff video just because I, uh, I'm guessing this thing came out before the record did. That's what you did it back did. then. You released the video for the, you know, get people excited. So this this I would imagine even for pe- fans of the Black album, <clears throat> I would imagine they would hear this cuz it has that heaviness to that, that mid-tempo Metallica heaviness. Um, and they probably thought, "Oh, this is going to be awesome." And it was, you know, of course, there wasn't many songs like that on the record. It was such a, you know, left turn for them. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if a lot of fans kind of like were maybe a little decepted by this being the first video. Yeah, so yeah, let's let's talk about some of the facts of it. Directed by Samuel Bear, who he's done some really big videos. He did "Smells Like Teen Spirit," "No Rain" by Blind Melon, "Zombie" by The Cranberries, "Bullet Butterfly Wings," and I didn't realize this, but he also directed the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot that came out really? in 2010. Yeah, interesting. That's actually pretty good. That's awesome. I actually it's, I didn't see it. It's a non. Uh, it's Robert England doesn't play Freddy. This other oh, dude does. Jackie like- Earl Keane or something. That was like the first time Robert England didn't play him, right? That's right. Wow, that's pretty controversial. It's a lot darker. It's 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 a it's you know the Freddy the Nightmare on Elm Street series kind of got a little silly towards the end. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> this one, this one is extremely dark and uh, yeah, it's cool, man. It's not gonna it's not gonna displace any of the uh, classic OGs as any favorites, but it was pretty good and it was interesting. This is the dude who directed it. Um, they shot it in L.A. In, on May sixth and seventh of ninety six, and it premiered on the twenty first. So. Cool. A lot of the turnaround times I notice on these videos are pretty quick, dude. Like within a week or two, they're on MTV. It's just right. weird to think that that process was so fast. I know. Well, especially back then when you know you're basically shooting it on film, so someone has to go in right. and edit it. Like it's not like you're just you know shooting on a HD you know red camera or something. Right. And it's a lead single uh, from Load. Let's let's kind of go through maybe some of the concepts of it because I do want to talk about what you actually already mentioned was image and right. this being a big change, fans' perceptions. Like, I was watching today and I was like, kind of giving some of the old trues a break a little bit in my mind, because there's some weird shit in this video. <laughs> it really is. So, the concept of it, which I love, is it's it deals with like these three sort of stages. They're all from uh, Hieronymus Bosch paintings. It was this dude from the Netherlands like in the late 1400s, early 1500s. Okay. So there's, there's the fall of the human, uh, the, the human-eating monster from the Garden of Earthly Delights, the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, and then the Christ. Uh, there's the Christ stuff and the crucify him scene of some other thing he did. So it's all kind of tied into that, which is yeah, kind of pretentious but kind of cool. And then, so that that's kind of like what you had to read to find out. Which what you see is your average Metallica fan who liked the song Blackened and maybe <laughs> yeah. the song Under Sandman. Is you see all the band members with short hair. Uh, being real angsty and and alternative rocky, yeah. You see Lars with nipple rings and guy liner, Kirk shirtless guy liner. James see, and Jason were still kind of black albumy, like they didn't yeah, want to but participate. With the short hair though, yeah, with short hair for sure. But it's almost like when they were shooting a video, like they were like, "Nah, eh, we're not going to put any uh, mascara on or anything like that. We're just, you know, 
But, but well, I mean, that's true. They they they, they draw the line in mascara. But he, Jason's like, however, though, I will rub mud and feces all over my body. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he looks kind of badass doing it. It's like no, it's, totally. It's like that scene uh, in the in the first Predator movie when Arnold Schwarzenegger like falls in the mud and the Predator can't see him. Right. It's awesome. Because it cooled him off, right? And Predators see with infrared, like heat, right. heat detection. Yeah, it cooled his body temperature down really fast <laughs> to where it can't be detected by infrared. So a Predator could not find Jason Newstead either. Little known fact. Right. Well, it was just a big deal. I mean, it's really hard to play kick-ass uh, heavy metal music when a Predator is eating your fucking face and dick off. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> just your face and dick. <laughs> The bummer part is you could you you could live through that. <laughs> my face is gone, my penis is gone, but I'm still alive. Are you are you writing a sequel to one? Yep. <laughs> I can remember anything. Face and dick. Oh, I've been eating again, <laughs> again, again. What do you think about this weird chair thing Jim's sitting in with all like the deer horns the trapping him in the chair? Yeah, it's pretty it, creepy. It's really creepy, and that's the one thing uh, I love about this video is that. All the guy liner aside and all that stuff, nipple rings aside, it still has that creepiness of Metallica that they've always had. Like, even from that one video, yeah, the hair shorter, yeah, Kirk is shirtless, whatever. But there's this creepiness, like, it's almost like a, you know, a horror movie kind of scene. It is. There's a movie called The Cell. I don't know if you ever saw that. Did you ever see The Cell? I know of the movie, have not seen it. It's Jennifer Lopez and Vince Vaughn, highly underrated. So the, the, the plot is. This dude's like a weird serial killer rapist guy who traps people in this dungeon. Well, the cops catch him, but he goes into this, like, coma. And so there's this one girl that's still trapped. And so in order to find where he hides these bitches, they send Jennifer Lopez, who's the psychiatrist, who's been able to go into the into people's minds to do therapy. She actually goes uh-huh. into their dreams and minds. So they hire her, even though the technology's still new, to go into the mind of this psychopath to try to find okay. out where this chick's buried. So the whole movie takes place in his dream world, which, as you can imagine, is super-duper fucked up. Kind of fucked up. And this video reminds me of that. I mean, there's we got the... Okay, let's just go down the list of some of the crazy shit you see in this video. The deer horn chair. The golden serpent lady. The dude holding the baby in his head's like a tree. Yeah. The Wolfman thing in the Adam and Eve section with, like, sticks for fingers. Yeah. The red ch- chick who rubs all the red sauce on Lars's face. <laughs> That's marinara, actually. <laughs> it's it's from Roma all- tomatoes. <laughs> it's from, from Olive Garden. Dude, this episode is fucking brought to your asses by Olive Garden and Coca-Cola Classic, yeah. dude. Give me some garlic knots or whatever they sell there. They have like garlic breadsticks or something. They're delicious. <laughs> calling them knots. It's the, well, garlic knots are good. They're, the few times in my life I've been to Olive Garden, I eat the hell out of those things. It's it's like the chips and salsa of, of Italian food. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just normal breadsticks. But they're garlicky and they're delicious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. There's hella garlic in there. Hella, hella garlic. garlic, and it's hella good. Uh, I do. One of the things I remember the most from being a kid, seeing this video a million times, is the "Want it, want it, no." Yeah. James is sitting in the in the the antler chair. Yeah. That's a memory, the visceral memory I have of that video. It's a great, great scene. Some pretty good angsty acting by James. Yeah, definitely. And and I love right after the, when it, you know, kicking into the last chorus when it's like they're playing behind that like 
whatever, whatever it might be, a plexiglass wall with a bunch of crap written on it, and they look so tough behind it. James Olsen's in a wife beater, you know, and um, with a bunch of crap written. On it. It's just a bunch of crap written on there. <laughs> I think Useless. it's the lyrics to. I think it's the lyrics to the song. I think I think it's the specials at Olive Garden. What if that was it? You paused it and it was like... It's the fucking Olive Garden menu. <laughs> it's the Olive Garden menu. And then, you know, if you if you freeze frame it, you see at the bottom, it was like, uh, it's like, disclaimer, Shit. like, all of our uh, servers are trained in Tuscany. <laughs> <laughs> remember when those... Do you remember those commercials where they talked about, like, people being trained in Tuscany? You're like, come on, that's such shit. And it's Olive was, Garden, dude. No, but then, but then there was an article that there was actually, like... People that do train in Tuscany for Olive Garden, <laughs> like it's God true. Damn. <laughs> but so, we, yeah, the scene where the Olive Garden menu is on the plexiglass is fucking awesome. <laughs> Man, that's funny. Yeah, <clears throat> the only my only thing about that is that it is kind of like a bone that they throw. Like, I guess the boys have to be playing music somewhere in the video, but it is like it's the last chorus. But we've just been seeing like this sort of nightmarish, hellish dreamscape. Yeah. Where, like, half goat men are, like, running around and shit. It's weird to then see them, like, rocking out with drums and guitars. Like, yeah. It kind of takes a bit of the horror away from it. We yeah. Like, oh, I, everything's going to be okay if their ESP guitars are there and tuned yeah. up. Yeah. It's like it's like their weapons, you know, to, to, to thwart off these people. The the manatar or whatever. Yeah. It's fucking goat, half goat man. It is interesting, though. Like, I hadn't watched this video in quite some time. And when I rewatched it for this episode, I kind of forgot that, oh, yeah, they do pick up their instruments and start jamming. Yeah, they got to get um, the lead out, man. Yeah, you have to sometimes, man. But I got to say, it's it's rewarding upon multiple... There's a lot to take in. I mean, yes. that, that monster that's eating the dude, that's scary, too. Yeah, very. Uh, th- there's a lot of stuff in this video that is... It's very nightmarish. I mean, if I was, like, 10 years old and saw this on, you know, MTV, I think I'd be... Like, at midnight or something, I think I'd be a little freaked out. It's weird, because... It's like we talked about with the one video. They make scary videos, but I don't think of them as like a scary band. I just don't see it that way. Right. I mean, I think it's, you know, partially, I mean, with their their, their background thrash metal, it is scary music to some people. And I don't know, maybe they just wanted that persona to be out there. You know, it's almost like it's like these are their characters. And then in interviews, they're like funny and, and informative and whatever. But I don't know. I, I, I do think that probably especially a guy like Lars really likes to take music videos as another art form outside mm-hmm. of their music, you know, and, and, and then blend it together. And, you know, I'd imagine he's pretty involved in like imagery on a lot of these things when things are pitched and, you know, he's a big art guy, whatever. So to him, oh, yeah. it's another form of, of art in I, the Metallica world. I couldn't find as much info as I would like about that, but <clears throat> my guess also would be that Lars had a, a lot to do with the, you know, the idea of Hieronymus Bosch and he probably knows a right. lot about all that artwork and all that. Yes. So maybe, yeah, so let's pivot on to Hero of the Day, which was the second single from Load. I, I read this today. That was the first song um, recorded for the entire Load sessions, was Hero of the Day. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. I now mean, maybe I, this, I, I guess they are, I mean, I guess they, you know, had most of these songs written already. Mm-hmm. So what? So it wasn't like James and Lars showed up like, all right, guys, you haven't heard anything yet. Here's what we're starting with, you know? Yeah, I'd imagine they, all the all the boys they all hacked it out together, and, and you know even if James wasn't over the lyrics yet, this you know that kind of stuff. But yeah, so maybe they were just like, hey, let's let's just ease into this recording process and not like you know just you know burn the burn the barn down right away. Oh, it makes me wonder too, though, if Hero of the Day was 
probably the song they were most excited about because it's <clears throat> it really is quite different. It's quite a yeah. different sounding song for them, and maybe this is why they they aren't one dimensional. They aren't just scary because here the day video, which we're going to get into now, yeah, there's a lot of humor in it and a lot of like, even though it's kind of kind of dark subject matter, but there's a lot of uh, pop elements to it that make it seem like uh, you know. Like, they're bigger than just a dark, scary band. Right. Yeah, the, the image, we'll get into it in a bit. I mean, have some facts, but the imagery is, is, is like polar opposite. It's like super goofy Metallica and then like this dark scenario in this little apartment for this dude. Right. And this is directed by the Anton Corbin guy, the dude who did the Piss and Blood Part 7 or, you know, the cover for Load. Right. Uh, oh, no, wait. Semen and Blood. Semen and Blood, not Piss and Blood, yeah. Not he did piss Christ. Sorry, I'm confusing his uh, his notable <laughs> works. Um, so he this video premiered on August 21st, '96, and like you said, like this the narrative is kind of this kid who's watching TV and he's in this kind of shitty apartment or house, and then on the TV the various channels are all kind of different little scenarios with the the boys playing different characters I, it's which i fun. love it's a, I, it's it's fun. a fun yeah fun video i think one of my favorites on there is when jason's the game show host yeah for well, the show entitled hero of the day yeah but you can't really hear what they're saying or anything it's it's interesting it's like someone flipping the channels i would love i would love to hear like the, the like the b-roll of that like with them like just goofing uh, yeah, around what like, they were really saying totally. yeah, i thought about that too <laughs> during the uh, anchorman hammett sections where oh yeah he's got that he's got that little fro and yes. he's just talking. I would love oh, to man. hear what he's saying. He's like, and now James is in a box to my, uh, my upper, over my upper right shoulder, and uh, he's singing the chorus right now. And yeah, I, I, I wonder if go- it was like that. I'm just saying things now because you need B footage for a different scene where you won't hear me. And right, exactly. My leg hurts, and I want to name a dog <laughs> Fluffy. And I love the vibe, though. Black and yeah. white, very bleak. Reminds me of the uh, End of the World as We Know It video. Oh, yeah, it's a good video by R.E.M. Doesn't it kind of seem like that dude that's in that that fucked up house and just keeps like tearing it up as the video goes on and yeah man I I do dig this video it's 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 like I said before it's like you guys goofy stuff happening on the TV with all the Metallica dudes and then this guy doesn't seem super depressing at first just because it's like oh he's just kind of a shitty apartment and he's watching TV just chilling I think kind of as it goes on it gets a little darker and darker with like pills and stuff. And, well, like his uh, his girlfriend comes over, like so this guy's getting laid. Yeah, right. Right. And, well, and, and why not clean up your fucking apartment before the lady comes over, dude? He he seems like a loser. I guess he is a loser. It's like right when she walked in, I was like, uh, couldn't just like shove all that shit under the bed or something, man. I've known dudes like that 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 always they were never lonely, and it always it was always like, hmm, it's so odd that women will just be in this gross situation with you. Yeah. Um, but she comes over, and it, it seems like they maybe try to have sex, but he can't. He can't perform. Yeah. And then, she, and then she's kind of bummed, and then he overdoses on pills, and then he passes out, and then all these weird robots crawl out of his head. It starts to get real weird. That's where it gets weird. It's like almost this like it's like if Tim Burton created little robot characters, and they crawl out of his ear, and just they kind of just cruise and leave his head and go into the apartment. Um. Yeah, it's it's super weird. But then he like wakes up and starts puking. So I guess he didn't. Yeah. Oh, so was totally? it? A, yeah. So was, was it, it a dream? A dream? Yeah. Yeah. The the robots look shitty. It's like early. You can like tell it's the nineties. Nineties CGI. Yeah. 
But, but I do kind of appreciate the concept, and I, I love all the like sort of meta load stuff that's on the TV, like and on the walls too. Well, like James, yeah, he's got a load poster. Oh, I do like in the in his apartment, like when the phone rings, that that light lights up. It says, "Oh, phone. the sign." Yeah, once his phone, once his so bell, weird. Once his bell for the door. So weird. Yeah. But they're but in one of the commercials it's like this very European looking. It's like James and Lars wearing suits and they're they're selling load water. Yeah. <laughs> the game show is called Hero of the Day. There's another oh, the that Western movie that's on where they're like James smoking a cigar, that's a movie called Load. Oh, that's right, yeah. Seems like that would have been a better uh, thing to call Hero of the Day as a, a Western. Sounds like that sounds like an old John Wayne movie or something. So is the idea of the video, not that they all have to have ideas, but this An- Anton guy is an artist that was highly respected by Lars and a kind of concept guy, what with Piss Christ and all. And uh, is, is the movie about like just a, de- you know, a desensitized youth who watches too much TV, doesn't, yeah. have a, doesn't have a libido, doesn't care about anything? Is that like the comment of the video? It might be. Uh... My my thought at one point was also I wonder if the video originally didn't feature Metallica, and then maybe they were like, "Hmm, we don't like that. We want to be in the video somehow." Or um, they were like, "This is too fucking dark. It's too dark. Let's just let's dress up. You know, let's get Jason in a tuxedo and do a game show or whatever. Put all this shit on TV." Um, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like the the idea you're talking about would almost be more relevant today. Hmm. You know, yeah. replace that TV with an iPhone, you know? Right. Well, what's I weird, I was, I was reading about this, is like, you know, a big concern now with like the oversaturation of screens and our lives and think about it a lot with my kid, you know, like TV and iPads and iPhones. And <clears throat> it's weird to remember that people thought the same thing when TVs, when, when TVs got to a point where they were affordable enough for everyone to have like a TV right. in their house, people thought that was going to be like the end of the American family, you know, like. Right, but I th- people get scared of yeah. shit all the time. I think the big difference, though, is that when you left the house back then, you couldn't take your TV with you. Right. Yeah. I, I think now it's just constant, and I and, and for me, I don't have any kids, but like I've seen like I've seen it s- kind of separate families a bit, where it's like everyone's on their own device in their own corner of the house. Yeah. You know, well, at least the TV was like, hey, we have one of these, and we're all right. going to get together over dinner and watch this TV show we all like. Then you get a little bit of TV time after school, and then that's about it, you know? But I guess yeah. the lesson is, <clears throat> at that time, they didn't have anything to compare it to. That There was just nothing else like it where people just quit going outside and watch TV. Right. It's like, what other horror... Like, we think that the, the oversaturation of screens is the real problem. What's, what's coming around the bend that's going to make that look like the TV 50 years ago, you know? Yeah, totally. That's, that's scary to think about. It'll be the TV planted in our brains. Yeah, ITV. Brain, access channel 7,465. Oh, it won't be brain, dude. It's going to be Alexa. You're going to basically let Alexa live in your fucking soul. Alexa or Siri. Yeah. Fuck that. Or, bo- we got, or both we, of them. We got, a, uh, we got an Amazon like Echo for Christmas, and I told my wife we're not hooking that shit up. It ain't yeah. happening. <laughs> no, but dude, it's cool. Like You can tell it like, Siri, turn my air conditioning down. I don't need to tell a robot to do that. I'm not that fucking lazy. Second of all, you know they're that bitch is listening to other shit you're doing and saying. Exactly. No thanks, man. No gracias. All right, moving on. Still staying with the Anton Korbjong Jongding. 
Which may I remind you all, uh, James Hetfield referred to as a sick motherfucker. Yeah. So let's get him for some videos. Well, this video is much different. Uh, Hero of the Day is real busy, and there's a lot going on, a lot of meta information, a lot of things to look at. They're trying to show you a lot. Mama Said, however, is a lot more understated, right? Yeah. First of all, I don't remember seeing this video in the wild. Uh, do you I, remember seeing it on TV? No, I don't remember seeing that. But also, that was, that was an era of Metallica where like I, I, was, I wasn't fully checked out by any means, but I definitely pulled pull the reins back a little bit during load and reload just because of my taste at the time so maybe i wasn't paying attention i was fully immersed in like punk rock at that point well yeah that makes sense but for me that i mean this was like peak for me so it's odd that i don't remember seeing it either it, you know it might have not gotten a lot of love on mtv because it was so different this is i mean this is you know speaking of different from the black album i mean mama said it's like a country song it's a not. It is a. It is, I, I believe it is a country song, straight up. Yeah. And it is. It is odd that it was chosen for a single. Now I like Mama Said, and as a little treat for you all, after the, this episode, you're going to hear my rough mix of my version of Mama Said. Yeah. From the upcoming Cover Our World Black and Volume Two, which you will only be able to get via Patreon, by the way. Uh, but it, so I love the song, but it is an odd choice for a single. Yeah, it, it is very odd. I dig the video though, man. I think it's really cool. I think I love that it's, you know, there's that there's that point where because it's all Hetfield in the video, mm-hmm. and there's that point where the other three dudes kind of walk by and look in the car, and that's the part I almost wish wasn't there. It's it is an interesting. Well, first of all, it's an acknowledgement of the band. Of you got to get those dudes in there because someone's favorite member isn't Jay. You know, someone's favorite member is Lars or Kirk. Sure, yeah. But it is almost, they're looking at him like, who is this guy? There, there's a lot of interesting, subtle shit in there of like... Right. You know, he's in this big city. He's looking around like he's lost. It's right? L.A. Which right. I thought Which I thought was even you know more, more meaningful, too, because it's like him leaving L.A. like the band did back in the day. Right. But he's getting in this car, and this kind of, kind of outlaw James, like on the road, in the, in the desert... <clears throat> and he's kind of he, he's kind of looks real searchingly throughout the whole thing. He's singing and playing in the car. Yeah. And I made a note that for those of you uh, astute U2 fans out there, he looks a lot like the Edge from the pop era of U2, which yeah, was around this time. He kind of has the shiny Western shirt. He has a shiny Western shirt, a cowboy hat, which the Edge was wearing a lot of, and like that Fu Manchu mustache thing, mm-hmm. which the Edge also had. <clears throat> like was the only thing the really. The only thing really recognizable from the Black Album that I can see with James is he's still wearing that tight, like goat skull necklace. He's got the he's got that in a couple of these videos. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the connection, you know. Yeah, and the landscape outside is cool. It's like kind of got this blue velvetish Twin Peaks thing that I dig. Like it's real artful in a way. Yeah, for sure. And of course, <clears throat> you find out you find out at the end that he's the car's not real. He's like on a movie lot. He's right. not really driving anywhere. I mean, <clears throat> but but I mean, it, it's obvious throughout the video that it's a fake background. It's that kind of it is kind of that old movie or old western movie kind of movie yeah, trick. Yeah, green green screen thing. Yeah, screen behind the car. But I love that he gets out of the car. Then it's almost like real life, and he grabs his horse and like moseys on off down to the saloon. But see, here's my here's my. Um, I just hit my pin, and uh, I've got I've got a deep theory about it. So. Ooh, ooh. The song is about him getting away. Maybe leaving L.A. It was symbolic about when they left L.A. to go to San Francisco. And he he goes on a searching road trip, ends up in Vegas or whatever, only to find out 
that he's right back where he never left. So right. is the idea is the idea that the load and reload Sonic exploration was them sort of becoming different people only to realize they're not different people at all. He's still the same James Hetfield right. who wrote Hit the Lights, who wrote Fade to Black, who wrote Disposable Heroes, who wrote Blackened, who wrote the Black Album, and who now is writing a country song about his mom. Yeah. You know, the L.A. footage might also be uh, maybe representative of his parents. Because he, right. he, grew, he grew up just Downey. outside of L.A. and Downey, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it could be that. It could be the you know the actual band literally leaving LA for San Francisco, or 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 maybe they just chose LA. Like we need just a big city. Let's just use LA. Hmm. Well, and I think Anton maybe lives there. Right. Um, uh, of course he does. Of course. I know it was shot. I know that the Hero of the Day was shot in LA. Yeah. Um, I, I dig this video, man. It's 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 one of my favorites of the Load Era uh, video video catalog. It is interesting. It's, it's, it's you don't see them like that very much. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I like that. Not only is the song one of their most off the wall songs, you know, it's also an out in left field video. It's just like, yeah, literally all James Hetfield, other than them walking by the car that one time. Right. I dig it. All right. Well, let's move on to King Nothing. Now, this let's. was directed by Matt Mahurin, who also did The Unforgiven. I so. dig this video. Yeah, it was filmed in Salt Lake City in December of 96, premiered on January 7th. I like the boys in all the winter wear. And so when I rewatched this, my first thought was, like, I wonder if this is fake snow or real snow. But being that they're in Salt Lake City in December, I'd imagine that this is all real snow and they're fucking cold. (laughs) Yeah. I think fire fire pits going. Yeah, the bonfires all around. So, yeah, so this video is interesting. It's... It's basically two different narratives or two different things. One is the band playing in the woods, and they look like, um, you know, James looks like a Game of Thrones, uh, yeah, you know, cast member. And uh, the other one is this guy who I guess is a king nothing who keeps picking up a crown out in the woods, and then he's like, "Oh fuck this crown! I want a different crown." Yeah, man, and that guy goes through goes through a lot of crowns. It's like, dude, be grateful for your fucking crown, man. It's like that's a crown, and it's a it's a, like a tall crown too. That's a, first a lot of, of all, gold. In there. Yeah, it's like first of all, you need to. I need you to appreciate something about yourself. Yes, you're a king, but guess what? You're the king of nothing. And be grateful because you know what? You got to go find him. But Metallica's over there somewhere, playing in the woods, and you can go see a show all by yourself. What he does is he takes his crown. He takes his crown that, that God gave him. He throws it down. Who does this? Who does, Who does this? That? Who does that? It's such a would nice you, crown. If your mother gave it to you, would you do that? You know, I know for a fact his mother spent all every dime she had to get him that crown. The she worked two one. jobs for it. She worked two jobs day and night, night and day. Her feet hurt. Who does this? Ungrateful sons do it. Kings of nothing do it. Yeah, and you know who else walked uphill in the snow? Metallica. Metallica did it. You can see to it play in the video. Yeah, they, you can, they did it so they could play songs for you. And Lars had on, he had on a scarf. Oh, what a gorgeous scarf. What a gorgeous scarf. People say in the load and reload era, the boys got a little too fashion sensitive, a little too fashion forward. Who does this? I think they look beautiful. They look gorgeous. A feather boa? Please. Honey. Honey, come on. Honey, wear the boa. Own it. Love it. Put the guy liner on. Maybe kiss your guitar player. Side note, I kind of feel like you are owning 
Joyce, Aunt Joyce, <laughs> way more than I am. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and you've heard it here, folks. I'm giving Aunt Joyce to Clint. No, don't do that. Yeah. No. You own it. You're better at it than I am. This no. has all been a trial run to see who who is who is King Joyce. <laughs> no, dude. Well, then um, what happens? What happens at the end? I guess is that all these other King Nothings come out, and it's scary. Suddenly. I thought that was kind of a cool twist in the video. Where it's all the crowns, and you know, especially when the first one kind of comes out of the snow, and you're like, oh, that's Uh-oh. what he's doing. That's another King Nothing under that's there. That's another. Uh, it's like when you put when you throw water on the gremlin, and then the, they. <laughs> And then you just wait a little bit, and they'll all come out. We don't die. We multiply. <laughs> uh, there's a great shot on the careful what you wish kind of bridge section. It's a great shot of James with, like, the bonfire behind him. He looks evil. Yes. He be looking evil, dude. Yeah. You can't go like wrong with, 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 like, Hetfield and fire. Like, we, we, aside from the obvious of him getting burned, that's not a good combo of Hetfield and fire. <laughs> but as far as imagery goes... <laughs> You know, there's like, there's that, uh, you, you posted on our Instagram a while back, or maybe it was on your Twitter account or something, where it's just this badass photo of them on the hardware tour, and there's just flames behind Hetfield. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, And yeah, you yeah. wrote, J- just try and fuck with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, he's got that look, man, and you and you, you get some, you know, flames, and it just, it's, it works so well. My only criticism, and it's not even really criticism, I think the video is great. I mean, what is a video supposed to be? It's an advertisement for a song. Yes. And then sometimes they tell their own kind of unique story. That's great. I, I love all that. But at the bare minimum, it's an advertisement for the song. That's what this video accomplished. Yep. No problem. My only thing is, knowing it's this Matt Mahurin guy who did the Unforgiven. Yeah. It doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel deep enough for him. Like it's really just shots of the King guy throwing a crown around, and then shots of them in the woods, and it's dark. Yeah. Whereas the Unforgiven was like this kind of this crazy short film. Super yes, totally. And, Anyway, I'm not really blaming him. He he worked with what he got, and that was probably the treatment they wanted. And yeah, I mean, that it's was just still, my thought about I, it. I think aesthetically, it still looks great. Yeah, I, oh, it does look great. I agree. All right, moving on to the memory remains. Now, I found this clip uh, of it's like one of those MTV News Kurt Loader this just in, and it's them kind of reporting from the video shoot for the memory remains. So right, let's t- let's take a listen to that real quick. Let's do it. Metallica's load sold 7 million copies worldwide. Its subsequent tour made some $34 million. So for Reload, it's no surprise that Metallica would go back to the same eclectified metal that was such a hit last time out. What's different this time? Well, on this video set, there's a lot of drug use. Fortunately, that drug is Dramamine, because right now the four members of the band are trapped inside that two-story spinning box. What it is, is that uh, we're sitting on this sled and the room is revolving around us and it gives the illusion that we're actually spinning like this, defying gravity. No one spewed yet, so we still have a couple hours to go. (laughs) So we'll, we'll see what happens. What happens on Reload? Band members say its 13 songs continue Metallica's foray into the leaner, more varied sonic attack that hasn't always met with unanimous approval. There's a little more opinionated responses on these last couple records, I think. It's not like, eh, it's okay. It's, I hate it or I love it, you know? Which is is how I I think it should kind of be. We're not meant to be background music, you know, while you're driving. There's plenty of people interviewing me saying, you know, well, you're not as angry as you used to be, blah, blah, blah. You know, what are you going to do now when you're, now that you're happy, you can't write lyrics. There's crap like that, you know. You know, there's still ugliness down under. 
Certainly all is not well in the world of the Memory Remains, a typically meaty Metallica track with guest vocals from the legendary Marianne Faithful and a Sunset Boulevardish lyric. While their record company would have preferred a title without Reloads more of the same spirit, band members aren't shy about linking the two CDs together, since Reloads tracks were largely recorded at the same time Loads were. People ask me, you know, how does it tie? It is part two of Load. It's, it's nothing more, nothing less. It's not, it's not the scraps. It's not all the B material. It is the other 13 songs. Load was supposed to be a double album, and it still is. The two records just came out a year apart. Awesome. Thought that was cool. So basically, the boys are on a, they're on a platform that's that stays still, and they built this two-story room around them, and the room is what's moving, which creates the illusion that they're moving. It's so cool. It's pretty cool, man. I, I remember yeah. being pretty blown away by that. Directed by Paul Anderson, who doesn't seem to be Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> who did Boogie Nights and Magnolia and a bunch of other great movies. This is just a, this is a different Paul Anderson. I am a star. Shot at the Van Noyes Airport. It cost four hundred thousand dollars to make. <laughs> I love you kind of said Van Noyes. Van Noyes Airport. Van Noyes. Van Noyes. How do you say that? Van Noyes. It's like that... Van Eyes. Oh, Van Noyes. Van Noyes. Evan Kaufman says Van Noyes. Four hundred thousand dollars to make the the platform they stood on itself was a hundred k. Jeez. Premiered on November 15th, 97. Pretty cool, man. I mean, this is back in the day when labels would throw down some money for a video. I mean, god damn it, that is crazy. $400,000 for this video. When, whereas they really could have just done the footage of them in a studio. I mean, it's just weird that they were willing to spend that much. Yeah. I mean, that was a different era, man. A way different era. I mean, four hundred grand. I mean, I could buy a few of my houses with that. Like, and this is for like a three and a half minute long video. The, the, I guess, I guess videos were, it's, we were so far from it. But I, I remember in the '90s, a video that was a big hit would fucking sell that record. I mean, oh, that there, would push, I mean, it would dude, push sales. Back in the day, oh, it for sure would, because I mean, MTV was gigantic at this point. You had some of the reality show stuff coming in MTV, but they were still a powerhouse in the music world, um, especially for a band like Metallica, who at this point are obviously very video friendly. But uh, yeah, a label doesn't care. They're like, 400 grand for this? Sure, let's do it. You're like one of the biggest bands around right now. We're gonna, and if you go online and look up, like, I haven't done it in a while, but look up like most expensive videos ever made, it's crazy. Like, I think Michael Jackson's up there. Yeah, like, the Scream video is like a million bucks. Yeah, a million dollars. God damn. Jeez. It's a cool um, video, and I, I like the way that James looks in this. His hair's a little longer, uh, but it's still kind of load-reload, Fu Manchu look. Yeah. I, I think the band looks great in this era. I've said it before, but yeah, I, I like their 90s kind of glam rock shit. Totally. It's mostly, yeah, and like, like we said before, it's mostly glammy with with Kirk and Lars, but uh, they, yeah. all look, they all look great, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, even when they first cut, I mean, I think Jason was the first one to cut his hair during... Yep. Black album era, and it yep. was like, oh my god, he cut his hair, and yeah, but they look great. And this video is one—I think it's one of the most unique Metallica videos. Yeah, it's very memorable. I mean, it's kind of gimmicky. Like, all the video is is them in that fucking thing. Really, there's a couple of really creepy shots of Marianne Faithful playing like a street organ. That, that's like you crank it, 
Right, yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. And there's like some kind of weird shots of her cranking that organ and she's on the platform. Yeah. And there's like money. They're raining money down on the whole thing, which, yeah, ties into the song pretty well. Right, yeah. I wonder how weird that was standing on that platform with a room rotating around you if it like... Because watching the video kind of makes you a little dizzy. Well, it's like um, that dude... The dude says it in that clip that uh, he's like, they're doing a lot of drugs here at the Metallica oh, right. shoot. They're not the ones you think. It's a lot of Dramamine. Because <laughs> they're like motion sickness, you know? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, that would just be weird. I mean, and, and it's such a cool idea. Like whoever, you know, actually... The initial idea for the rotating room just like it's like something that if you saw in person you're like yeah the room's rotating but then the second you look back at the footage it just looks like they're on this like giant swing or something well dude one of the one of the first things I remember ever seeing a rotating room I'm sure Wes Craven didn't invent it but he may have popularized it is there's a big rotating room scene in Nightmare on Elm Street which one? Uh, where Tina dies so oh no 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 it's when uh, Johnny Depp when his bed when all the blood comes out of his bed. Oh, is that when? Is that in the first one? Right when? Yeah. Is that when like? Uh, oh he, no, gets who, sucked, he gets sucked. He gets sucked into sucked his in the bed, bed. Yeah. and then the and then and then it's just a still shot of his room. And what it looks like in the movie is the bed is like you know like a normal bed, and all this like blood and shit is shooting out like a volcano. Right. That's right. Yeah. Onto the ceiling and stuff. But they filmed that in one of those rotating rooms. That's cool. I wish I wish HQ one rotated. Yeah. Although we'd, we'd probably get injured pretty quick, being that I've got a million guitars hanging on the wall. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you seen that Jackass segment where they all get in like a moving truck with, uh, like, oh, on, on, with rolling rolling skates? <laughs> yeah, with roller skates on. Yeah, it's great. Whoever's driving just taking corners real fast and stuff. <laughs> Those dudes just completely destroyed their bodies. Yeah, most of them did. Yeah. There's a great, um, you know, the actor uh, Dax Shepard. Yeah. He's on Intellectual Parenthood and stuff. Um. He's got a, a somewhat new podcast out that's really good, um, and he's got an episode with Johnny Knoxville that's definitely worth listening to because they talk about a bunch of those jackass days and how he got started, and um, that one of his first like crazy things he did before he even even became jackass, he was just trying to like get work. Was he shot himself with a bulletproof vest on? Hmm. <laughs> just like, it's so stupid. It's so stupid, but yeah, listen to that episode of Dax Shepard's podcast. It's pretty good. Um, okay. Uh, shall we move on to The Unforgiven 2? Let's do it. Again, directed by Matt Maharin. 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 Macarena. Macarena. Now, of course, he directed The Unforgiven. Why not Why not have the sweet little Matt back to do the next one, too? Come on, Mateo. Um, I love this video. I do, too. I mean, it, it's it's... It's a little more poppy than the than the original Unforgiven. It's not sure. quite as dark, but um, I mean, yeah, like story aside, I think just aesthetically it looks really cool. There's like a yeah. tilt shift lens thing happening when there's, when there's the band footage. It's just it's got a good creepy element to it, like the original Unforgiven. We got yep. an old dude. Well, he's well, it's the kid, and then his his hand is stuck in a wall, which sucks. That's a bummer. Don't do yeah, don't do that. And. Uh, as he gets older, the wall is like cracking and crumbling until eventually his hand is in the still in the wall, but the wall is nothing more than a door. And the door is doing all this fucked up stuff. Yeah. The door like crows come out of it and 
Uh, it, turn, it turns into a book and swallows him. One, at one scene, it's a tornado. One scene, a bunch of arms are coming out of it, like the... Um, What's that Richard Matheson book that they did a Robin Williams movie where he goes into hell to get his wife back? What Dreams May Come. Did you ever see oh, that? Oh, God. You know what? Uh, I might have. If I, you know what? I probably haven't because I, that seems like a movie I would remember. I it's really, really good. It's yeah, really trippy. His wife kills herself, and in the narrative of the story, she goes to hell for it. And yeah. he goes into hell to save her. Crazy. And it's very, very trippy. This video yeah. has some of those elements. Yeah. With this weird door. Great great band shots, too. I mean, I love James's look. Uh, similar to the Memory Remains. His hair is kind of longer. I love him playing that telly. It's so weird to see him with a telly on, like in, in like a performance shot. But obviously, yeah. it's the, the B-Bender deal on this song. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even... I don't know. You just you, you say it in studio footage, like Nothing Else Matters video or whatever but it's so weird to see him in an actual band performance shot like playing like a Bruce Springsteen looking telly yeah it's cool looks good on him looks great on him yeah um, at the end the door that the kid's arm is in turns into a chick who then opens his hand to reveal a key right That's on the uh, take the key and bury it in you yeah, and it's it's the key that was through her chest that unlocks his arm from her torso, so that he can now walk away and live a normal life and go to high school and get acne and stuff. Yeah, and start listening to Metallica because you know he spent his whole life with his arm and yeah, he spent his whole life with his arm in a rock. Who does this? Awful. That's so awful. How's he supposed to get good grades when he can't even study because he's stuck in a rock this whole he, time? He can't even write his arithmetics and do his tests. No, he can't do his maths because his, you know why? It's not His dog didn't eat his homework. He didn't fall down. He didn't fall down and hurt his eye. He's had his goddamn mom stuck in a rock, Ethan, his whole life. Who does this? <laughs> You're so good at Joyce. <laughs> it's yours. Joyce is yours. I'm not doing it anymore. I, 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 I don't accept it. I don't well, accept that. Maybe I could maybe I could develop like Joyce's I, husband or something. I can guarantee you that people like your Joyce more than my Joyce. The two Joyces. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> Yours is so much better. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> anything else to say about the Unforgiven Two video? It's it's dark. There's like these dark sepia tones, and the the rocks are falling. I guess <laughs> breaking up the ground the boys are on. So by the end, they're standing on these like lone little mountainous hills. Right. Yeah. How the fuck I, are they going to get off once they get done playing the song? Is yeah, what I want to know. Yeah, seriously, do they just have to jump into he- jump into hell after after the song's over? Like I yeah, just have to jump into I, lava now. They don't have a key either for any door. So no, the the, the kid took the key. Yeah. Um, oh, and overall, I think it's not like my you know you know I wouldn't put this in my top five videos, but I think aesthetically it looks really cool. Of course, I love the song. So if I turn on MTV and this is on today, which it totally would be, I'd watch it. Yeah, I would also watch this if it came on today on MTV. Yeah. How about that for a ringing endorsement? <laughs> ding, ding, All right, ding. and the last video for Fuel. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Directed by Wayne Isham from, we all may remember, from Inter Sandman. Filmed in May of 98 in Tokyo, Japan. Now, I found this funny. They must have just been on tour because right. it's really just a bunch of close-ups of their faces and then a bunch of... What seems to be like B footage, uh, like seventies exploitation car films. I'd imagine with 
I'd imagine with Hetfield's love of hot rods and muscle cars that they probably went out to like a car show or like a drag race and got footage. You know, because then you know they make it look kind of old and '70s and insert like certain lyrics and stuff. It looks it looks so cool. It's like it says "fuel, fire, desire." You know, it looks great. And hey, man, awesome. that <laughs> the vid- most of the video is just like the lower portion of James's face, like his chin and shit. Yeah, just his mouth, so you can really see the, the emphasis on. Ooh, yeah. But but as silly as that is, it's like almost a more effective image. I mean, it's one of the first things I think of. I think of, I think of the. Memory Remains thing coming down right when he goes, suck it, or whatever. Like, yeah. one of those moments. And, uh... And then I remember, like, James... James's chin, his orange chin, going, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that, what you Ooh! Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no it's, problem. It's, I think it's kind of become a bit of a... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say iconic, but... Maybe iconic for that era. It's like, when you see... If you showed anybody, anybody talking a still shot of just that his mouth out of the microphone you'd be like oh that's a fuel video I know that yeah 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 well and it's a, I, yeah I think it's a classic song too Fuel's like yeah. a classic to me oh yeah love it love when we got to see it live too the pyro during Fuel is great it was awesome dude Ah, I saw the yeah, I got I saw that twice I saw that in St. Louis also but what did you did you see what, you saw Creeping Death in Philly right I got Creeping Death in Philly yeah yeah cool what a weird slot to like memory remains and fuel makes a lot of sense, but weird that creeping death was in that slot too. Yeah, totally. But it was rad. Uh creeping why death. Not, why not why not King Nothing, you know? I'm pretty sure Creeping Death was the third song they played when I saw them. Yeah, that yeah. third that third slot. Right, it was, the third it slot was hardwired after, hardwired and then Atlas, Atlas and then there was yep. a rotating slot. Totes. Man, well, I'm getting I'm getting excited for these shows coming up. I mean Me too. A lot of people are going to get to see them again before we will, but come January. Yeah. I know. Well, um, what's crazy is when they got announced, it just felt like so long ago. Now half a year's already passed. I know. That was so fast. We're going to be, so, I mean, yeah. we're, we're going to be coming up on our two-year anniversary soon. We're, de- we're already coming up on our 100th episode. Yeah. Well, here's what we got coming up. Speaking of that, is we have e- episodes in line with Tom Quee. He's got a bunch of ideas. He's like a, he's like a metal podcast producer now oh he keeps, really? he, he keeps texting me all these ideas i'm like yep sounds i mean they're all good i'm like all right well maybe tom wants to edit our episodes too <laughs> <laughs> um we've got a dude that was at the polar music prize that lars won there's a dude there was a dude that was at that he's going to be on the show one of the dudes who runs uh a big youtube channel for the for metallica bootlegs is going to yeah. be on the show to talk about the bootleg culture of the band our friend Kent, at some point, I think he's coming to Nashville, is going to be on the show to talk about his vinyl collection, which is yeah, amazing. which is crazy. The Slipknot dude, uh, who, I mean, we just got a whole bunch of shit lined up, but we're in a yeah. busy, I'm in a busy t- traveling season, so yes, you we're are. trying to just make time for that. And of course, we'll more, happen, more yeah. episodes on videos, where I think we're going to have Paul on again soon, and more gear episodes. We got the Ride the Lightning Deluxe box set. Lots of shit coming up. Lots of sauce to put on that pizza. A lot of toppings coming up. Is there anything you want to say before we split skis? Uh, I would like to formally apologize to the Metal Tree Podcast community for last week's episode. And I edited the episode and I was so tired. I forgot to put one of my songs on the end of it. <laughs> Someone tweeted at me and we're, they were listening to the episode on Spotify. And so when the episode ended, it randomly started playing some song. I don't know what it was, but he thought it was me. <laughs> Oh man! It was—I totally blank. It was like this little 
brain fart. I was like, cool, there's the little Torben bit. The episode's done. I uploaded it. I went to bed. It was like one in the morning when I finished it. So, But all that to say, I'm excited to hear uh, Clint's uh, early rough mix version, I guess you'd call it. Well, let's just do both. Will you play a song after Mama Said? Yeah, I'll play one of mine. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so here's the deal. Part of what you get as a patriot, as a patron, as a Patreon, as a patriot, um, part of what you get is you get access to these EPs we're making. So Ethan and I each pick a uh, handful of Metallica songs, reimagine them, record them. We play all the instruments ourselves, and uh, it's just a fun way for us to have created a product to give back to you for supporting the show. You heard about it in the commercial. That's right. And here's a little taste of Volume Two coming up. We'll be putting this out probably at the end of the year. And uh, so we'll hear Mama Said, and what song are we going to hear from you? Um, which one did you request? Oh, you wanted to hear Helpless. Helpless, yeah. Yeah. Does not sound anything like the Metallica cover, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> just, like, just a quick heads up. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone who listens. We really appreciate all of you. Thanks for uh, hanging in there with us. And uh, I, did a, um, I did like a Q&A that's going to be on a, uh, a radio episode that's coming out later this week. Appreciate everyone jumping in on that. Yeah. And the iTunes review, maybe go leave it. Maybe don't. Don't do it. Ma- I don't care. Maybe write your mother a letter. You haven't called her. You haven't called her in ages. You she gotta call you, your honey. mother. Honey, you gotta call your mother. She misses you. She brought you into this world, honey. She'll take you right out of it. Oh, she would. I know her. <laughs> I know her. I, I know. I know me. <laughs> I know me. All right. Well, cool. Well, this was fun for, uh, yeah. from somewhere, from some hotel in Seattle. Love and peace to all you out there. You ready to get the hell out of here? I'm ready to do it. All right, peace. Adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? And then I would say, delete that.